Hello, and welcome to the Angriest Report podcast. My name is Todd Eglo, online narrator for HealthBeat Podcasts, and I would like to introduce you to this valuable new source of health information. The Angrist Report podcast will help you understand the treatment philosophy of Dr. Angrist, along with acquiring a clearer appreciation for chiropractic treatments. Angrist Chiropractic is located at 250 West 57th Street in New York City, in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. If you have any questions about anything you hear in our podcasts, please feel free to contact Dr. Angrist at 212-245-2099 or via email at info at before we begin our health news segment, let's hear from Dr. Arnold Angrist. Welcome, Dr. Angrist. Welcome to your own Angrist Report. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Dr. Eglo. This is Dr. Todd Eglo, Chiropractic Online Today's Health Network. We are proud to be part of the Angrist Report, coming at you periodically. You can access through angristchiro.com. Is that correct for the website, Dr. Angrist? That is correct. All right. So let's start with some news and notes. What's happening with you? Let's let the patients know how to contact you and what's going on in your office these days. Well, uh, again, my name is Dr. Arnie Angris. been in practice for over 30 years. have offices in New York City on 57th Street and in Bergen County and Englewood Cliffs. And uh, basically what I practice is uh, what I feel is a unique brand of chiropractic called wellness chiropractic. So we incorporate many factors into a patient's care and that has to deal with not only what we do is treat with treatment but it has to deal with how patients have and live their lifestyles so we really try to promote better healthier lifestyle activities eating better exercising properly having good posture being aware of what good posture is getting enough rest having a loving attitude all the key ingredients to wellness which are related to in my opinion why patients are coming in with pain. Those are the factors that are underlying causes. It's not just physical activity that they strain the muscle that creates back problems. That's how many people thought, even how many people think today, but there are many emotional factors, relationships, financial stress, uh, work stress, time management stress. Those are the stresses, the emotional stresses that manifest in the physical body and show up as back pain or neck pain or various types of problems. Okay, so that's good. You touch on a few things. Let's focus on a few of those. General question, and you just hit on some of them, why would somebody come to a chiropractor? Well, generally, most people go to a chiropractor in the past and even, again, right now because they think they have back pain. So the limitation of, of going to a chiropractor was, was limited to that, and uh, we try to expand upon that that it's about wellness. It's not about just having pain. There are many patients that we treat that aren't in pain and they want to help prevent conditions from arising or maintain the condition that we've reached a certain level of with. So it's, it's not just about pain, even though in patients' eyes that has been the issue. But there's, been, there's a paradigm shift here of trying to get people to understand it's much bigger than back pain. That's what chiropractic is. And, and even the word chiropractic in Latin, practic means practice by, kairos means by hand, practice by hand. So it's a manual therapy. Two, to do what? To open up energy in the body. When you open up energy, you allow the body to heal. Just like acupuncture uses needles to open up energy channels, chiropractors use their hands to open up energy. When you open up energy, these problems, whatever the problems might be within the body, start to balance out and start to clear up. What is wellness? Define wellness for us. Define wellness. I'll give you an a actual definition Wellness is an active process 
of becoming aware of and making better choices toward a higher quality of life. Wellness is the action steps taken proactively to allow us to feel healthier and look better, to slow the effects of aging, and to prevent diseases from developing in the first place. That's a pretty formal definition of wellness, but it's about being proactive. It's about it, longevity doesn't come from having done to your skin and, and using things from the outside. Longevity comes from, and anti-aging comes from, an inner being and how you take care of yourself and the action steps that you take to live a healthier life. People that laugh, people that have fun in their lives, people that enjoy their lives, people that are fulfilled have longer, healthier lives. And let's extrapolate on that. What does wellness care mean? So we just went over what wellness is. What is your interpretation and how do you uh, practice via vis-a-vis -a, -vis a wellness care uh, philosophy? Well, so wellness care is incorporating, trying to really help to motivate, inspire, coach, if you will, patients to be aware of, of the entire component of wellness. So wellness has to deal with taking action steps. Wellness care, the, what we provide, is really trying to be that support mechanism for our patients so that they have somebody to look to for help because we all need support and this is all Hmm, my, my emotional state has something to do with my spine or my diet. People have known that, but now to have somebody help them with that and assist them with that, that's what the care is about. So it's not just the therapy, the, the actual care that we provide. It's the emotional support, the coaching, the lectures that we do to really inspire our patients to, to lead a healthier, more balanced, more wellness-type lifestyle. All right, so lot, lots of what you talked about there. Let's just give a few bullet points here as teases, let's say, for uh, some future podcasts. You mentioned earlier, let's repeat, what are some instances, conditions, uh, situations when a patient might be in need of wellness care? Well, I think just like everybody goes to a dentist and gets evaluated, whether they have a problem or not, they don't wait for a problem to be there to go. That's where I believe patients, people need to go to a chiropractor to seek out wellness care. So it's not about waiting till there's pain. We're, we're in a society, though, that does tend to wait until there's a pain syndrome, and then we'll go and see somebody. So there are many patients, most patients do that. But, but the key is to try to get patients to understand that there is a preventative aspect to this, and that, that's really where we're coming from. Uh, okay, that's fair. What are some specific conditions, though, that uh, are amenable to, to preventive care and to uh, wellness care? Basically, the, the conditions, so it could range from anywhere from pain, somebody coming in with the typical pain, but there are conditions like low energy. There are conditions, poor posture. There are digestive issues. There are uh, sleeping problems. There are just overall anger, tension issues that people can really improve with wellness care. So what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is both physical and psychological issues are uh, treatable through your wellness programs. That's correct. Uh, let's take it a step further now. Person comes in, in general, what are some of the options that you use as in, within your treatment paradigm? So let's assume most patients do, as we've said, come in with, with pain, and their goal, the patient's goal, is to get out of pain. 
So we're in congruency with that, with, with their wishes as to getting out of pain. So that's our first objective. How do we help get this patient out of pain? And through the therapies that we use, we're usually pretty successful in doing that. But we offer the patient the options to be able to choose wellness care. And that means continuing with their care even after the pain is gone. So we're in a society that we tend to pop pills for or medications for pain, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxants, painkillers. And once a person feels better, they stop and they say, okay, I'm okay. And the same with treatment where we're treating somebody and they feel better, but even though they feel better, that doesn't mean the underlying condition has been corrected. Their body isn't well. They just have a, we've alleviated the symptoms, but we really want to dig deeper to really get to the underlying problems. And the underlying problems then are maybe a lack of exercise, poor posture, poor eating habits that have created the problem in the first place. So we don't want to just get them back to where they're out of pain, even though that might be their choice. And if it is, we honor that. But we want to help move them in that direction of going beyond that. So initially, let's say a patient comes in with pain, the treatment uh, paradigm may be more of a passive where you're doing, uh, uh, performing chiropractic manipulation, and then once the patient starts to improve, is it fair to say that at that point a more active uh, role with, for the patient would be explained where the patient is taking a more proactive nutritional, uh, psychological exercise uh, uh, attitude? Exactly. Yeah. Initially, it's trying to get them out of pain. Hopefully, within the first week or two, we're even starting to talk about exercise, proper exercises, proper posture, proper nutrition. So we incorporate that as quickly as we can. But yes, the immediate goal is the manual, typical chiropractic care of muscle work, therapy, muscle stim, heat or ice, depending upon what's necessary, to really rehabilitate the musculature and getting them to start feeling better but then getting into that proactive aspect, yes. And, and to give patients a general idea of, of the type of chiropractor you are, do you focus on one type of technique, or do you incorporate many different techniques into your para, uh, paradigm? Yeah, well, again, being a wellness chiropractor, I feel that the techniques, if we're talking about chiropractic techniques, my, my chiropractic techniques are trigger point work, muscle work, myofascial release, using, utilizing therapies such as stem, muscle stem, and heat packs and ice if necessary to really rehabilitate the muscle. That's, that's my method, gentle spinal manipulation to realign the vertebrae and restore balance in the spine. So my goals from a technique perspective are about restoring flexibility to the musculature and creating balance and alignment to the spine. And if I can do those two things through the work of my hands, that's really my goal. There are many, many different techniques in chiropractic all are very effective, but that's my technique. But then we go to that next step after we've gotten that person to be stable to really deal with the lifestyle issues that are, that are challenging for those patients. Beautiful. I think that's an excellent introduction, uh, especially um, recap for your present patient base and uh, uh, for new patient, prospective patients down the road. How do people um, get in touch with you? They get in touch with me. Yet they can reach us by phone at 212-245-2099. They can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at angris, A-N-G-R-I-S-T, chiro, C-H-I-R-O dot com, or go to our website at www.angristchiro.com and can access 
We have a great new website that I'd love for people to take a look at and uh, share some of our weekly newsletters that we send out, motivational emails to try again to provide inspiration to people to make changes in their lives. Beautiful. Uh, an upcoming uh, podcast, we'll be looking at uh, some of the conditions and treatments you mentioned in more detail. Dr. Arnie Angris, thanks so much for a few minutes of your time. Dr. Aglo, I appreciate it. Thank you. And now for some news. Salt, a staple in most food, could soon be regulated if the Institute of Medicine has its way. In a new report, the Institute, the health arm of the National Academy of Sciences, is calling on the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, to set national standards for salt added to processed foods and prepared meals in an effort to reduce Americans' consumption of sodium. Salt consumption, long, long associated with increased risk of hypertension, heart disease, and stroke, would be cut back gradually through a series of incremental reductions intended to help keep flavors consistent. The new standards would set how much salt food manufacturers and restaurants could add to their products. The Institute of Medicine says that a ban on salt is not necessary, but that regulation is, because decades of public education campaigns have failed to reduce Americans' intake. Surf to our show notes for more information. Please feel free to contact Dr. Angris with any questions or to set up an appointment. Dr. Angris's office can be reached at 212-245-2099 or via email at info at For more information about our HealthBeat podcasts, please surf to cairo-online.com. Mm-hmm.